Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I got fantasies, man. Uh huh. I mean, I think it's okay for me to have fantasies. I don't think it should be illegal. No, it depends what they are. Have fantasies. <laughs> Definitely going to depend on what those fantasies are. What's well, it feel like? You know, like it'd be kind of nice if you had like a pizza, uh-huh. and the crust also has cheese in it. But it yeah. also has pepperoni and sauce in it. So it's like all around the edges of a pizza is like a big circular, like, pizza. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I think that already exists. I'm pretty sure Pizza Hut has a very similar option at this point. Also, why are we talking about this? I got fantasies, man. It's like sometimes you can just have a fantasy yeah, and it, yeah, does, yeah. it shouldn't make me a criminal. No, no, but you're not exactly the person we're studying today. Welcome to the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hello. And uh, extremely hungry Henry Zabrowski. I don't know what's going on. I don't like him asleep. I like him talking. That's good. <laughs> I'm also, I'm I'm going to I'm going to admit I'm slightly hungover. And for this episode, uh-huh. this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Number one, it was a mistake only because of the nature of what we're about to go into. Right. All of which is very thick. That's the word I'm going to I'm going to use thick. Um, OK. And wet. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, That's what we're good. dealing with today. Maybe close to a gold star episode. Close. You think so? Uh, it depends on what kind of stomach you got. Okay. Yeah, if you got a queasy. But also, I feel like a part of being hungover was about staying in character as Dennis Nilsson because every single thing he did, he did while hungover. Oh, that no, it's because you're doing your job too well. That's why you're an alcoholic. You <laughs> see, get it? All right, we are on to part two of Dennis Nilsson, a.k.a. UK's Jeffrey Dahmer, which does beg the question, what if they met in real life? Would it have been love? <laughs> Who knows? Nothing would have happened. They would have just laid on separate beds next to each other just coming on their own bellies. It would have been the perfect relationship. <laughs> he he like two was... positively charged ions coming together. They're just going to repel. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Dahmer wanted a zombie. He just wanted, I guess, just a sleeping buddy. Maybe it could work. I don't know. If Dennis Nilsson walked into the gay bar with his corpse makeup on and Jeffrey Dahmer was there and that that music hit and said, like, call me Mr. Veda. <laughs> Mr. Brown, and all of a sudden his hands are up and his oh hips are going back and forth. We're talking about uh, uh, the royal wedding I would have enjoyed watching. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yes, and uh, that was somewhat in uh, in honor of the royal wedding. Our Dennis Nilsson episode. We went oh. on over to the UK too. <laughs> we went to cruise the 
spooned. Uh-huh. I can't believe those two beautiful people found love. Wow. So when we last left Dennis Nilsson, he had just burned the body of his first victim on a bonfire in his back garden. <laughs> But Dennis had also, in the meantime, between the murder and the disposal, swore that he was never, ever going to do that again. Great. So we can just end the episode. I love that. I love it when we can end it early. So I I think it's a loose term, bonfire. There was a tire on top of it. Is that still a bonfire at that point? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think so. But you remember, so he did a lot of drinking, right? Up to this point, he'd been really, really drinking. It was seven months since him and his boyfriend had broken up and the dude Mm. had left. And so he was like free to be him and me. And so he went and he like, he found himself in this bit of a pickle. Mm -hmm. And then when he was burning the body, he really said to be like, it's my drinking that's what this is. I've, That's got the problem. To, I've got to cut down on my drinking, which is what he did. He's just like, so I'm, t- I'm like, I can handle myself. I can handle my shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know what? I just, I got to make a go at this. I got to really get my life together. So I'm going to cut back. Not going to quit. Okay. No. Still had a couple of pints with the boys after work. He's trying to fucking relax. <laughs> He's trying to hang out with people. I do like him thinking just like everything in moderation. But meanwhile... <laughs> Well, he's just to. like, get that foot back in there, you fucking uh, uh, piece of shit. This is like, yeah, you're literally hitting him with the stick back into the flames. Horrible stuff. Uh, yeah, but he didn't binge drink, and he stopped bringing guys back to his place, tried living a quiet life. But after Nilsson got rid of the body, the allowances started coming again. Mm. And about two months after the disposal, Nilsson brought home a Chinese student named Andrew Ho, mm. whom Dennis had met at a West End bar. Okay. Because Dennis could still slick some game. Yeah. It's kind of similar to Dahmer, where he's out there, he's talking, he's jiving. They would say that, you know, like the sauce was what gave him his energy. It's what gave him the boost. And so he'd get a couple in him, and Dennis would turn into a completely different person. He'd start dancing. He'd start talking to people. He loved to violently argue with people to mm. a point where it made shit really uncomfortable. Right. And then I wonder why it kept left. It's, we, it's just weird that he keeps leading him to all these little hunky doos, these little trippy dips that he's doing. Yeah. So after a couple of drinks, the conversation turned to bondage, and before Ho knew it, he was tied up. But things escalated far beyond the safe point for Ho when Nelson picked up a tie and advanced towards him. Hmm. Ho started screaming. When he's- <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because up until this point, you're just also... I mean, I understand everyone has fetishes, but if you're going to just lightly drop the whole, like, it'd be kind of fun if we, like, tied each other up, and he's just like, oh, all right, I'll do it, and then all of a sudden, your feet are tied up immediately, you're like, whoa, <laughs> we were just kind of having a conversation, we are trying to get right. juiced up, and then all of a sudden, your hands are tied, and then he's just like, he comes out of the other room with a big fucking horny smile on his face, with tie in his hands, and that's when he starts screaming. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he said, as soon as he saw the look in Nelson's eyes, holding that tie, like, he started screaming, and of course, like, Nelson and let him go, and Ho went to the police. Okay. But technically, no crime had been committed here. It was all consensual, and Nelson had stopped when Ho told him to. But that didn't mean Nelson wasn't going to kill him. Hmm. Later, Nelson casually confessed that he had every intention of strangling Andrew Ho to death. He said he was just too sober to, in his words, give it the unbounded immoral force. Hmm. It's like when you finally have just the right amount of beers to be good at pool. Yeah. Right, right, and right. And then one, one beer later, 
I mean, you got a body in the apartment, oh, but I, right I, before I, that, yeah. you are a fucking, you are a ringer. Oh, yeah. You table. give me one to three beers. I will make some money on that pool table <laughs> and then uh, immediately uh, make money on the pool table by uh, stripping on it uh, after, <laughs> after around four beers and then it all kind of falls apart. Here's some money to put your clothes back on. <laughs> you, sir, you're the funniest one in here. This is cool. <laughs> so with this one, Nilsson had learned, as so many other killers do, that if he wanted to kill, he had to get drunk. And that's what Nilsson had done two months later when he met his second victim, Kenneth Ockenden. Hmm. Ockenden was a Canadian tourist on holiday in London who had met Nilsson one night at a pub. As far as Ockenden was concerned, he just made a new vacation buddy, like a local who could show him some of the sights and take him on a little adventure. Ooh. I don't understand this shit. Maybe because I don't really travel that much. It's like we travel for the show and we go this kind of, you know, we got like, you know, I'll do stuff with me and Natalie, you know, like normal shit. Um, but Ockenden, sweet Canadian boy, and he was just meeting people at the hostels and shit, just like fresh face, wide eyed Canadian boy. Right. And the problem is, is that somebody like Nilsson just like, he just smelled it all over his chest and he just knew that this guy would love to come to my weird, smelly apartment for some reason. Yeah. Vacation buddies. You got to have some. I made someone I was traveling with my brother throughout Europe when I was 19, went to the wild, wild West premiere starring Will Smith, <laughs> saw Will Smith and a young woman that we were uh, that I had just met she said can you hoist me up on my on your shoulder so I can see and I said yes but I she was uh, her uh, her top half was smaller than her bottom and it was very exhausting for me I had about 45 minutes that's very high up yeah it was it was hard so after a little bit of bar hopping the two ended up back at Nelson's place Nilsson stuck to his rum while Ockenden drank whiskey and beer as they stayed up listening to records. Hmm. Listen to Rick Wakeman, Hooked on Classics, The Who's Tommy. Oh. At about 1 a.m., though, Nilsson handed his guest a pair of headphones, telling him he couldn't possibly enjoy this next record through the speakers alone. Uh-oh. You can, though. Anytime anybody <laughs> ever says this to you, you totally can. You're like, no, I'm hearing all the, I'm hearing the tinny tops and I'm hearing the bass. I think, I think it's good. You know what I mean? Right. We just met, dude. He also <laughs> just quit killing people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he had just said, like, I'm not killing people anymore. And then he immediately went, ah, at Andrew Howe. And this was a year later. That's still not that you know, long. That's a, not that much time when you think about killing people. Most people go through multiple years without doing it. Maybe like 85 to 100 years. I've made it yeah, 34 years so far without killing a single person. I mean, it's a long time, but. And so Ockenden slipped on the headphones as Nelson put the London Symphony Orchestra's classic rock covers album. And as this record played, Dennis Nelson reached down, grabbed the headphone cord, quickly wrapped it around Ockenden's neck, and strangled him to death as he shouted, Let me listen to the music as well! But he, he gave him the headphones! <laughs> yes! <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> That's great. That, I mean, I, I will say that's great music. Yeah, that was uh, well. That's the London Symphony Orchestra's cover of "Whole Lot of Love." Cool. I like listening to music like that and only going the speed limit because it's hard <laughs> to resist going faster. But the thing is, he's got the headphones on, so he screams, "Let me listen to the music as well!" And he's like, "What? Huh? What? what was that?" Huh? Meanwhile. He wrapped the headphone cords around his neck and started fucking choking him. Jeez, crazy. Yeah. See, with Nelson, music was a part of the process. First came the booze. Then came the victim, then came the music as a kind of activator. Ooh, weird. And if the moment was wrong, Nelson would back off. 
But if the music hit Nelson in just the right spot, murder was inevitable. Yeah. Dude. So if like if like Paradise City came on or something from Guns N' Roses, you'd be like, can't kill. Like songs actually would trigger his murderous tendencies and others would turn it off. Chicken and the Egg. Yeah. Chicken and the Egg because certain songs, he just, he had pump up songs. Yeah. He had certain things that were like, this is, this is what gets me really randy and really going. Like when I used to listen to Roll With The Changes in order before going into a, a, an audition in order to get myself in the right headspace. All right. And then the other day I almost killed my whole family because Roll With The Changes fucking came onto the radio and I just start fucking blowing through red lights. <laughs> All right. Don't know what the song is, but it sounds kind of fun. You don't know REO Speedwagon's Roll With The Changes? <laughs> we'll have this very white conversation off air. <laughs> <laughs> so once Ockenden was dead, Nelson sat down and poured himself one more rum and coke. Then, Jeez. as he had with the one before, Nelson undressed his victim, washed him, and put the body in his bed. But before joining him, Nelson poured one more drink and sat there as he re-listened to all the records he and Ockenden had shared that night. He then fell asleep, woke up, put the body in his cupboard, and went to work. In his cupboard? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, buddy. So while Nilsson was out, he bought a Polaroid camera, and when he got home, he posed the body in various positions around the house and took pictures. Polaroid cameras have seen more death than a coroner. <laughs> and why did, why did anyone invent that camera? It is like the death camera. Yeah, it is. Of course, because you can't get those pictures developed. No, you can't do it. No. no, Dahmer loved his Polaroid. Yep, I think they're mar- they, they would lose half of their sales if killers didn't buy their cameras. <laughs> so when Nilsson got tired of the body just laying on top of him, he picked up the body and sat it in one of his chairs and had a casual, one-sided conversation about his day Jeez. while complimenting the corpse on its good looks. Okay. Oh, you look you look very good today. You look very good, very pale. I like that. I like it quite a bit. Is that, am I being too forward? <laughs> wild, wild country. That was very good, wasn't it? Seems. It's a lot of content, I know. So after Nilsson had his fill, he wrapped Ockenden's body in a curtain, put a bag over the head, and placed it under the floorboards. Oh. He then took all the records he'd listened to with Ockenden out to his garden and destroyed them with a shovel. Totally normal neighbor behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, it's a small London apartment. Like, it's a small apartment complex. Right. It's like, they're saying it's like, it's just a general area. They all just, I guess everyone is just not giving a shit and not paying attention to a single thing what other people do. It's like New York. It's yeah. a, I mean, how many times I watched, I walked fully dick out in front of my <laughs> windows. And I mean, no one cares. But that hadn't destroyed all traces of the music they'd shared. Hmm. A few days later, Nilsson was in an office Christmas party that he'd help organize. And of course, being a music man, Nelson had taken special care to prepare the appropriate mixtape. Okay. But Nelson had made the mixtape before he'd killed Ockenden. So when a track that he and Ockenden had listened to together started playing on the mixtape at the party, Nelson dropped his drink and left. This was that track. Okay. Jeez. It's the B song. <laughs> it definitely does make you scuttle. That's a scuttle in music right there. That's hooked on classics. That's called hooked on classics. It was a big hit back okay. in the uh, back in the seventies. It was a big hit where uh, they mashed together a bunch of classical music tracks and oh. just put like a simple one-two disco beat behind it, uh, and it was a hit. Huge well, hit. Nothing says office Christmas party like the dizzying sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell that was. 
Well, obviously, this was, I mean, people were really into it. It's a weird time period for music, I yeah. guess. It's, well, a, it's a middle ground between well, glam and punk. Is that interesting? Uh, yeah, that has nothing to do with any of it. I don't I know. I thought made a good point there. <laughs> I don't know. I think it just seems straight. I mean, it was very appropriate for it to be Dennis Nilsson's favorite music for some reason. It's just him just him dancing lewdly to it in front of a corpse gives it a wholly different feeling. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. The, you know the British, they get down differently than we do. Remember that weird bar that we stumbled into in Glasgow? Yeah, Glasgow. In, Gla- in Glasgow, when we went to that one place where it was, comp- it was like fully lit, it was like... <laughs> 11 o'clock at night and we walked in. It looked like an office kind of like conference room and it was a bunch of older people and younger people grinded on each other to Beyonce in full daylight. That's right. (laughs) Yes, I remember. Very loud music as well. Very loud. Extremely loud. Now, Nelson, after this incident at the party, he tried going to sleep that night, but it seemed like Hooked on Classics was working as a kind of telltale heart for Dennis Nelson. So finally, he yelled... Right! If you want to listen to the music, then damn well come out and listen to it! Then removed the floorboards, brought Ockenden's body back up, sat it in a dining chair with the bag still over the head, and put the Hooked On Classics tape on the stereo as Nilsson sat there drinking a rum and coke, naked and crying. Are you happy? Are you happy you woke me up? (laughs) I spent all day planning the Christmas party, and now I've got to play the music for you, or you won't let me sleep! (laughs) But to his neighbors, just, just like... You want to play the man? You want to watch the, the television show that we have on the one channel where it's just the man playing the symbol? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good show. So this is, but this is not even his rock bottom here. Oh no, this is just no. this is just the beginning of his career as a world class deviant. And this is this was from his book. This is his own words here. These, these are all his own confessions. Okay. Yeah. Well, because you remember, he's living his whole life like he's watching a movie. Right, right. So as this becomes, up until now, he's lived just deeply inside of his own fantasies, and he made them real one time. And after doing that, it's just it's really difficult for him to go back mm-hmm. because now it's 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 bringing it back with more force. And then for Ockenden, he felt a special t- type of guilt because people were looking for him. Mm. And it wasn't just that people were looking for him, that he had also kind of made friends with him because they'd hung out all day long. So Nelson's third victim was a 16-year-old runaway named Martin Duffy. He was strangled five months after Ockenden as he slept in Nelson's bed. Dennis performed pretty much the same ritual as before, and Duffy's body spent two days in the cupboard before, in, before being sent under the floorboard with Ockenden's. Mm. So he was still there. Five months later, Ockenden was still there. Yeah, he was covered in a mixture of soil and deodorant sticks to try to hide the smell, and Mm. um, Mm. it wasn't working. No, I could imagine (laughs) it wouldn't. One of his neighbors did actually complain to Nilsson, just like, "Oh no, that's just the building settling." Ah, of course. It always sounds like young men gurgling. I forgot. Then Nilsson hit a stride. Starting in August of 1979, Nilsson murdered five more men over the following three months. So he really, now what, what do you call that? So he was leading up to it. That's his kind of berserker mode there. Not really berserker. Not really. No, no, no. Not really berserker. Like berserker mode is more like when uh, they stop caring, like when they get really sloppy because he wasn't really being sloppy at this point. Wow. He's just doing it. Five in three months. That's a hell of, that's a lot. He's, uh, he's it's for lack of a better term, he's in the zone. Yes. As that he is now doing, he is, he's got a routine. He does it the same way each time. He builds it up. He knows what he's doing. It's the way he gets 
gets off now. And so he is just out there and he he picks up very specific people and also knows as little as possible about them, which is what he learned for the problem with Ockenden was that he had like these weird misgivings. So from then on, he was just trying to meet people real mm. quick, get him back to the apartment to try to get a hold of that body as, hum- as fast as humanly possible. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even know most of their first names. Like out of those five guys, only one of them has ever been identified. Really? Yeah. The rest of them, like it, Nelson only gave like general descriptors, like the skinhead and the hippie. Hmm. And out of not just these five, but out of all of Nilsson's victims, Kenneth Ockenden was the only one that got any press whatsoever. But a part of it is that yeah, he went for people that people weren't looking for. Ockenden had like like friends okay. that we're going for. So eventually he veered towards looking for people that were homeless. Uh, and then obviously what we saw again with Andrew Ho was that when he went to the cops, very similar to Dahmer, and he said, we were just having consensual gay strangle sex. And they're like, ugh. Ugh, okay, ugh. and so it's like they—they they, it's uh, that weird homophobia is a part of what keeps these people free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Nelson also didn't care whether his victims were gay or straight because it didn't matter who they were in life. Mm-hmm. Right, all that mattered to Nelson was who they could be to him in death. Okay, yeah, like a loofah with blood <laughs> in it. <laughs> Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously, this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year, and that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into giraffe rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse. Ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This right here, what would you do of another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously, I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. 
what works for you. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer it's, of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because i just moved here to los angeles i got a yard now and i'm doing all the landscaping myself i love working in my garden i love planting stuff i love growing stuff and the cool thing about fast growing trees that i really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in i'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants, or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. 
And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So in order to mold his victims into what he wanted, Nelson had a whole set of rituals that evolved over time. These men would be completely shaved, dressed up, and powdered with talc to help with the smell. Dennis would sometimes even set them up in a chair next to him, and they'd watch TV together while Dennis would make sarcastic comments. Paula Abdul, more like Paula Babdul. <laughs> if corpses could laugh. Yeah, just move in his mouth, me like, ha, 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 you're the funniest <laughs> man I've ever met, Dennis. And which I'm certain that happened once or twice. I'm sure it did. Very macabre stuff here. Mm-hmm. But in keeping with his fantasy, Dennis had a way to kick off each encounter. After the murder and the preparation, Dennis would leave the room and come back in so he could pretend to just accidentally stumble upon the dead body, completely removing himself as the murderer. What scenario. is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who did, do I have a secret admirer? <laughs> oh. So this guy, I mean, he's, he's like a little actor as well. Oh yeah. I mean, in other words, yeah. like he was the very definition of a product killer because mm. it doesn't matter because the whole murder was not the point. Right. He's, he's ha- actually having to pretend that he's not the murderer. Well, he didn't like the murdering portion, no, right? He did not. No. Okay. No, no, no. And he has, you know, and then you're beginning a, a system of validations of like why it's cool what you do, and the idea is that I, no, but I kill him real quick and really peacefully, right? And then it's like I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. even doing it. They're not even dead. They're just in my house, right? So, of course, the question you're probably asking now is. Was Dennis Nelson a necrophiliac? Was <laughs> Dennis Nelson a necrophiliac? Thank you. The answer is kind of, but oh. not really. Well, that's yeah, not really the middle ground. answer. <laughs> kind of, but not really. When it comes to necrophilia, I, I believe we do live in an area of gray. It's kind of a gray world. Um, a lot of subjective things going out there. Yes or no? <laughs> like when it comes to necrophilia, yay, nay. There's only two well, choices. Do you count it as necrophilia if it's not full penny? Yeah, any if you're aroused, if you're near a corpse, it's a yay. Yeah, no. Oh, come on. I've got a hand job in a graveyard. That's <laughs> well, how I, good sir. All right, all right. Maybe it's just a shade of gray. Right. Yeah, he never had penetrative sex with a corpse. Instead, he'd only engage in what is called intercrural sex. What the hell is that? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. It's when you cross the legs. Real tight. Uh huh. And then you fuck the legs, the thighs. He technically, no, he was hot dogging it, where he said that he would press the butt cheeks together and then he'd <laughs> rub his penis on the top of the bumps. He only did that once. All the rest of Necrophiliac. Okay. It is put to bed. The man is a necrophiliac. I don't even care for calling it hot dogging it. It is not good. No, man, he's the same as being a virgin when you're in college. If you're homeschooled and you learn from your Christian parents that if you put it in your butt, you're a virgin forever. You know, I just don't think that that's true either. <laughs> no, every once in a while, Dennis would, if even for a brief moment, come to his senses. He said one morning he woke up in the arms of a dead man and thought, This is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> man. 
Ridic- ridiculous. It's the same. Uh, let me explain how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's let's backtrack. So yeah, I mean it's kind of weird. Um, it's like the uh, the chicken shell that Taco Bell has introduced. The chicken taco. You are obsessed with this egg taco. No, <laughs> I am now obsessed with the chicken taco. It is slightly more disgusting than the egg taco. Both of those are ridiculous. Uh huh. Not waking up in the arms of a dead man. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it wasn't ridiculous enough for him to stop. And Nilsson's crimes were starting to cause other problems because the bodies were literally piling up. So he has sex in his uh, floorboards right now? Not quite, not quite. See, he didn't have like a Chicago-style Gacy-sized crawl space. Yeah, it's Mm. European. Yeah, he lived in a relatively small first-floor London flat. Right. So the space under those floorboards filled up pretty fast. And even he didn't know how many he had under there at any given time. When he was asked during his confession about how many bodies he had under the floorboards, he famously said, quote, I don't know. I didn't do a stock check. Uh, You know what? We're going to have to have you know. (laughs) How does that? Just ballpark it for us. You know what? Let me check in the back. (laughs) I've checked in the back. I don't know. Ridiculous. He had so many bodies. He'd sometimes shove one into the cupboard and forget about it. Then when he opened up the door, the body would spring its way out from being stuffed in so tight. (laughs) That is... Good Lord. It's just like... Why Why is it like when he comes normal? Because this is obviously the scariest part, right? Is that in this apartment, everybody else is just living. Everyone yeah. else yeah. is going to work and having right. families and shit. Meanwhile, he's having three's company-like problems with many corpses <laughs> in his apartment, <laughs> which is just like, you know, there's a divide. You know, at some point, he's just got to look in the mirror and be like, I am overdoing it. <laughs> just enough already. I am re- I'm burning the candle at both ends. Why? This is just like, I'm making myself tired. I need to take a vacation from my vacation. Absolutely. <laughs> then there were the flies. That would make sense. Even though Nelson did one bug spray in the morning and one bug spray at night, his apartment was Thick with insects drawn by the dead bodies, both hidden and those fully on display. It's liter- His apartment is literally Vietnam. <laughs> yes. Like the war and the surrounding uh, woods. Yes. It's Dennis Nelson sitting in his weird brown British pants with the beige socks that seem to be handed out from the government. I think they his might be. hangover sweat coming off of this body because every single, like what I'm smelling right now, I can smell the beer coming up from my breasts. And then <sighs> with the bodies rotting, openly, full on, unapologetically, tits out rotting in the apartment, covered in flies, and then sprayed down with bug spray. Right. So it reeks of buds, bug spray on top of corpses. Right. And everybody still has the same descriptor. They say that it smells musty. Right. <laughs> just go there. Just feel free to be rude in this case. <laughs> smells like corpses. Meanwhile, he's just over there making a drink like he's the Big Lebowski. Just a couple yeah, of ice cubes, like a little white Russian. Oh, yeah, it's wow. like John Hamm from Mad Men, just like, so, like, you know, just puttering around the house, kicking hands back into cupboards. And yeah. shit, just trying to act like everything's fucking normal. Just like you. Uh, uh, man, yeah, I don't uh, know who's creepier, man. Like the house of. We got Gacy mm-hmm. with the floorboards, Dahmer, and this guy. I think that he might be. 
just as a uh, as a home, as a as a uh, clean cleanliness of home, he might be the worst. Oh, you just wait, okay? Because the flies that were drawn by the dead bodies <sighs> also procreated in the dead bodies. Oh, great! Some of the heads of the older bodies were overflowing with maggots from <sighs> the mouths and eye sockets. At last, my love <laughs> has come along. Yeah, just two th- maggots just fucking. <laughs> Dennis Stilson's watching me like I am. A job creator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did that ruin it for him when all no. the faces were filled with maggots? I mean, you would think well, that would be like, I, well, I don't even remember you anymore. He did have a cutoff point. Okay. Right? There, there was definitely a point where like, because of course, if there wasn't a cutoff point, then he wouldn't have had to go out and kill another person. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So good there, there was definitely a point where it's like, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't what I want anymore. So I got to go out and get another one. So you think he would have just had one the whole time if you could have frozen it, embalmed it just right. He could have just yeah. been okay with a corpse. I yeah, think. If, yeah, I think. Yeah, this is if the his very impenetrable weird. darkest fantasies were real and that you could actually have a permanent untalking slave in your house, yeah, then he would have been set. <laughs> well, I guess it's not possible. Huh? Well, in other words, Nelson had a problem to solve here. <laughs> but he had no in other yeah. words, in other he words, was in a pickle. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, he's in a pickle. Okay. Okay. No, yeah. he hip scopped. He, he skip hopped his way into this scenario, and he's got to figure out how to work his way back. And we're going to find out in the next episode of Dennis Nilsson knows it all <laughs> how he does it. <laughs> but he had no car to transport the bodies, and his garden was much too small for burials. The only skill <sighs> Nilsson had to draw on came from his army days. Okay, cooking. Oh, However. Dennis Nelson was not a cannibal. Nah. The same way he's not a necrophiliac? <laughs> no. Because no. then I think he might be a cannibal. Definitely but- not a cannibal. Oh, okay. He ate none of his victims. Okay. And in fact, even took very special care to keep his little dog Bleep from eating of the victims as well. Oh. Eating any of the victims as well. <laughs> but that's what they said, though. He cut it up into cubes at one point, and he looked at it. He's like, oh, it's just like beef. I could feed it to Bleep, and Bleep's just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just so bleep. excited because he would have all that fresh meat. And he, sure. like, and he doesn't know because he's bleep. Bleep right. is cute. Be- bleep is the BB-8 of this whole story. <laughs> and then he tried. And then he was like, "No, I don't want it to make bleep sick." Because he knew that one of these corpses would be diseased. Right. And it was true because it turned out one of them ended up having hepatitis. And if he had fed that to bleep, that would have been a- another horrible tragedy. Okay, so a strange sense of right and wrong here or just like he didn't he just didn't think it would taste good. I or- hate to say it, but it was common sense. Okay. <laughs> so he did have, all right. So this is Dennis Nelson's common sense. Okay, I got it. It's a strange world we dabble in here. Now his plan was to cut the bodies into pieces, pack them into old suitcases left by the previous tenant, and store the whole mess in the oversized doghouse he'd made for bleep. Okay. And now, this is the thing. When he moved in with his boyfriend, right? Because the one boyfriend live in, t- like, the roommate slash boyfriend he had for a long time. You have to remember, this was an 18-year-old they said that had the mentality of a 15-year-old. So he was mentally handicapped, sort of. Wiggity weird. When they moved to that place, Dennis Nilsson's like, we're making a home here. It's going to be fabulous. And then it was like the song played lately, like, our house is very, oh. very, very fine house. I like that And song. they went, he redid the whole backyard horribly. <laughs> like he made these weird section parts and then a gigantic sinister looking shed in the back. He's like, it's for bleep. <laughs> Meanwhile, bleep's a 10 pound dog that didn't need an entire shack no. in the back of your apartment complex. And so eventually when the kid left, Left. He was left with like uh, he made an infrastructure almost accidentally. It's like yep. his fingers did the walking. 
Yeah, you know, when it, when you do get a dog, that the apartment is the dogs and the dog houses for you. <laughs> they Come are on, in guys. control. <laughs> but as it was with most things in Nilsson's life, the whole butchery process uh-huh. came with a ritual. Before each dissection, Nilsson said he would always masturbate next to the victim's bodies as his own little way of saying goodbye. You know, I just <laughs> hope that butchers don't actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. <laughs> it's been fun. All right. Because you know, because you get that clarity of thought once you jerk off. Yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And then you look at this again and be like, huh, this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be more skeptical when I go into the uh, the meat hook uh, the, uh, meat, well, you hook know the meat guy, shop there in Greenpoint or in Williamsburg. You know if the guy keeps winking at you and being like, I just cut up these pork chops. I'm actually just going to start asking that immediately. Like, whenever I get any meat from a butcher, did you? Did you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to know. Good. Then, after the ritual, Nilsson would get dressed again, pour himself a drink, put bleep and the cat outside, get naked again, and begin. Bleep knew this guy was he actually, fucked up. He actually said Bleep was just fine with it. Like, Bleep would come up and, like, sniff the body sometimes, but he said he kind of just treated it as another object. Like, he'd be doing all this shit, and Bleep would be off in the corner of the room just sleeping. Yeah. I just feel like there's, a, like, the Secret Life of Pets Bleep edition where he's just talking <laughs> to another dog in an alley being like, I think my owner is real fucked up. Um, we do Secret Life of Pets Three R-rated <laughs> about fucking bleep oh. and him just like licking the dead corpse and just like salty different meats for me and just like all like very strange and him being like get out of there bleep get out uh. because it's all just him treating him dogs are so good no <laughs> no while you'd think this would be extremely bloody work remember the blood congeals in a body after the heart stops pumping mm. there was no more mm. blood from Nielsen's work than you would get from cutting into a raw piece of steak. Okay. Mm, but what you gotta do though is you gotta like, you have to let a steak sit to room temp. That's what's really important and let it really sit. And then when you sear it on each side at right. six minutes at least each side depending on the pound of the uh, pound of the meat you want to get a good hot like grill going and yeah. then sear it and then the juices really will come if you let it sit after it's done cooking for like five minutes. Yeah. It sounds like you masturbated before you made that steak. Did, <laughs> yeah. did, did you do? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first, Nilsson would remove the internal organs and place them in a plastic bag for later use. Oh, then, well, I don't, okay. the head, which would be cut off and boiled in a large pot on the stove to remove the flesh, hair, and brain. Okay. After that, it was just a matter of breaking the body down into chunks that could fit in Nelson's suitcases. And the flesh and bones were to be stored in the doghouse. But the viscera that mm. he put in the plastic bags, that was something else altogether. And again, musty? Musty. musty. Doesn't that have to smell different than musty? Damp was another descriptor. Ugh. Musty. I'd say it's a good, it's a musty. I'd say it smells like a little bit like a, maybe we should light a little Yankee candle in here. <laughs> you I would think so. <laughs> Now, out of all of it, the viscera was what smelled the most. Mm. So in order to get rid of it, Nelson would put the bags outside between the double fencing next to his garden as a meal for what he called the wee beasties of the night. Like me, Phil. Uh, yeah, I'm just one of the beasties of the night. Thank you so much. I'll have a little bit of this viscera. Oh, good and stinky. But thank you. See you soon. Keep doing this. Wow. 
Because I'm just out at night walking around <laughs> looking for bags of viscera. <laughs> That's crazy. But the thing was, Nilsson always had to get blackout to do all this. Mm. So after one mass dissection, as he called it, he took a bag of viscera out with him on a whim as he took bleep for a walk because he was fucking trash. So he wasn't thinking about what he was doing. (laughs) So not thinking clearly, Dennis, in broad daylight, just left a garbage bag full of intestines by the side of the road in a park for a biology student to find. It's a blooper. <laughs> it's a blooper. It's wow. a scop. It's a sk- it's a hop skip. It's a, it's a dingle dum. He just having a bit of a, a bit of a bop, and he flip topped and he flipped flipped. So he woke up and he realized he was losing a bag of intestines. Uh, well, the student, knowing what it was, called the cops. But when the cops arrived, they decided it's probably just animal guts. It's what? not really worth checking it out. Yeah, does a dog normally have a twelve ounce? Stomach? <laughs> how many? How many? How much guts are in a dog? I would not imagine not that much guts. I would imagine they thought it would be sheep's guts. Could be. Where are you getting the sheep guts from? It's just a bag on the street. I'm just gonna <laughs> say this is. I'm gonna chalk it up to cultural differences. <laughs> yes. So Meanwhile, the, Phil comes over. He's like, I don't need to call the cops. I'm like, this bag of viscera. You call me. Oh, Phil. <laughs> Peace <laughs> of the night. All right. Thank you so much. Let me weigh some of these. Oh, these are. There's about a pound of homosexual guts. <laughs> Love them. All right, I'll see you soon. <laughs> I mean, what? Thank the you a- again. Call me next time. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't the animals that are eating this stuff start trailing it all around the place? Just a bunch of intestines, a heart here or there? I think it got found pretty fast. Oh, okay. And so the cops, thinking it was just an anim- a bag of animal guts, just threw it in the trash, covered in Nelson's fingerprints. Jeez. And Nelson just continued on his merry way. But, okay. But... As I said, Nelson took no pleasure in the dissection part of the process because when he while he was doing it, he'd usually throw up in the sink multiple times. He said the body hmm. was merely a dirty dish to clean up after a meal, a relic oh, of mood, geez. as he called it. God, I mean, man. I guess it's a little humanizing knowing that he got sick when he was chopping up bodies. I don't um, know, man. Sort of. It's almost even know. fucking it's worse. Like, Cause there's like a part of me that like what? I understand it would be scary if he was emotionlessly doing it, like just kind of dead eyed chopping right, up a right. body. But there's something even worse where it's a guy like got like a fucking turkey carver, yeah, and it's like yeah, like yeah, as he's is. just pouring Bacardi and rums into his fucking gullet just to right. keep going. I mean, he's not even using an electric carving knife. He did all of this with just like regular kitchen knives. Ah, yeah. Let's cut to an ad for Ginsu knives. <laughs> I mean, it really is scarier to me knowing that he did feel, I guess, empathy. Is that the right word? Or was he more like, what was me? I can't believe I have to cut up this corpse again. It was like that. It was Honestly, it was like, that's how he viewed it. He had to be like, oh, I got to dissect more bodies. And it's like, yeah, man, you keep making them. Right. Yeah. And this process, the dissection, put it in the suitcases and put it in the shed, that only worked for a couple of bodies. Right. At this point. Nelson had to contend with six. Jeez. So, in late 1980, Nelson figured it was time for another bonfire. Okay. On one cold Saturday, Nelson went to a dump near his house and found some old furniture. He dismantled all of it and built a five-foot-high pyre with a three-foot ring in the middle. The first burning man. (laughs) (laughs) On fire. And after he was done, he went out for a few drinks. 
came back home for a good <laughs> yep. night's rest. Got to. He woke up the next morning at 6.30 a.m. before his neighbors were awake Jeez. and took the bodies out of the floorboards and into his garden. He covered them in wood, a couple of tires, and some paraffin and lit them on fire. He, he then opened the French windows to his apartment, faced his speakers outside, and tended the fire all day as he listened to, no shit, this album over and over again. Oh, my God. In the middle of the day. <laughs> this is horrifying. This is a theme to The Exorcist. Yes. <laughs> Just hanging out. What you doing over there, neighbor? How are you? I'm burning up several bodies. <laughs> ah. All right. You want to make s'mores? Oh, you probably shouldn't because of all the burning bodies I have in this fire. <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Mike Oldfield was a particular favorite of Dennis Nelson. Okay. He wasn't listening. Listening to it because it was The Exorcist and because it was creepy. Right. He was listening to it because that's just music he really enjoyed. Uh, wow. Actually, Dennis Nelson, he loved westerns. That was his favorite oh. type of movie. Okay. I mean, well, that I was think, have we have we heard of someone so brazen as this before? I, I mean, mean, this is like crazy. I know, like, what, like Gacy put some in the river behind his house or yeah. the, the stream there, but this is well, nuts. He was in. You know what I'm going to say? On. This is nuts. This <laughs> is I've nuts. reached peak. This is nuts. <laughs> this is nuts. He uh, was very sick, and he was. He felt like all of this wasn't really happening. Yeah, all of this was just a movie playing in his head, and you're just you're just a guy in his movie Kissel. That's it. So yeah, so it's normal for him. It's just like really not normal. For everyone else. Right. So it's like Johnny Depp in the movie Blow when he's like, if you're carrying five, 10 pounds of cocaine through an airport, just pretend like you're not or something. There was some quote like that. Yeah. So he just pretended like everything was fine and everyone's like, it can't be that crazy. He's t- totally cool with it. Oh, there were witnesses. That day, yeah, would, oh my God. a group of kids happened upon the fire and Nelson sat there as they poked at the fire with a stick and he said he just sat there imagining them dancing around the flames in an almost pagan display of remembrance. Wow, I will say pretty cool day to be a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get to see all my friends a wanted to find body. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to find the body so bad. Everyone did. Yeah, yeah never did though. It is fun. But uh, I also remember this about Dennis Nilsson. I wanted to even bring this up about the last time. That, like, he came from a horror town. Like, he came from a city of ghouls, and then it's like a it's like a, 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 a ghoul went to City University, and now he's living in, in downtown London, living the city life. Right. He is just a, a man from Halloween Town that is, like, doing all this shit like it's normal, because this is what they would do back in the day, just burn bodies, like, wiggity-wiggity. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like the Santa Claus. Santa Claus in the in real in the, Tim in, Allen said yeah. the Santa Claus. Yeah, how's it like that? Well, How? because he's he's a crazy character, <laughs> and, but he was around normal like people. <laughs> it's it not like, like the Santa Claus. He's at like all. not from around there, you <laughs> know. But then he this was could be he, further away from the Santa. Well, this could be further away from the Santa. Santa Claus, Claus did murder somebody. <laughs> uh, he Tim Allen murdered Tim a original Allen Santa did. Claus. Yeah, and I also imagine Tim Allen in real life is probably culpable of many other crimes. Well, he was arrested. <laughs> he was stealing cars back in Detroit. Yeah. Well, after the fire was burned out and whatever bones had been left over were crushed by Nilsson's rake. Nilsson went out on the town, picked up a guy from a bar on St. Martin's Lane, took him home, and had his first normal sexual experience in two years. 
Congratulations! <laughs> wow! Yay! So, he's normal again. He's fixed. <laughs> yeah. So that man is just like the luckiest person around. He's very lucky. Yes. Very lucky. No, it sounded like it was a gross night. <laughs> Either way, it wasn't like it wasn't like Nilsson rocked his fucking world and then well, he left. It was like it's always the same thing. They go back to the house and he can't get it up because you're not dead. Yeah. Ah. Now this was supposed to be a fresh start for Nelson, a way to yeah. figuratively and literally clean house. Okay. It's kind of like, do you know when you clean your apartment for, after a really long time, like if your apartment's like nasty and shit, and you finally like you clean it oh, yeah. all up, Whole and day. you're like, it will never get dirty, <laughs> never ever again, again. Nope. never again. We're never doing this ever. Nope. Come on, we got a system now. I got a recycling bucket. We're gonna do all of this in one go. Every night we're gonna pick up. Immediately. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but as it usually is, the break was short lived. As by April of 1981, <sighs> Nelson had killed three more men. Oh, Jesus. Unidentified to this day. So we're up to nine now, right? That's where to, he's at? Uh, 11. 11? My God. Yeah, we're up to 11. Okay. The last victim to die in Melrose Avenue was Malcolm Barlow. Now, Barlow was an interesting case, as it seems Nelson murdered him out of sheer annoyance. Wait, this guy managed to annoy Dennis Nilsson? Yeah. He must be Holden. <laughs> he must be Holden and Neely from the now defunct roundtable of Gentleman or Wizard and the Bruiser. Wow, that's that's actually a skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One night, Nilsson found Barlow passed out on his street, and so Nilsson invited the guy home. But Barlow was an epileptic, and he had a seizure, so Nilsson called an ambulance. Nilsson figured that was the end of it, but the next day, Barlow showed back up, either to thank Nilsson or maybe to freeload a little bit more, because this guy was kind of known as, he was just kind of known as that type of guy. And just to clarify, not to malign the victim, he did not deserve to die. Okay. Of course, he didn't deserve to die. I'm just saying that because I said that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it, I guess it's real common for for guys to just sleep in other guys' apartments. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's just a hookup. Like, no, no, no. This is just a dude. Oh, this is just a guy hanging out. They weren't. They weren't having any kind of hookup at all. Oh no. Most of Dennis Nilsson's uh, victims actually weren't gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not yeah. realize that. Yeah, only a oh. gay. And that's the, that's all. That's the big misconception about Dennis Nilsson is that like all of his victims were gay. A lot of them weren't. Uh, okay. A lot of them were just guys that you know were either looking for a place to stay for the night sure. or were just like Ockenden or just like yeah, sure, I'll hang out. You seem cool. Right, right, right. Okay. I just since hitting, I'd say since there, like that was an activity that. Happened quite a bit in my early twenties, yeah. but since hitting mid thirties, I can't imagine just having another thirty-five year old dude that I just met just like sleep in my house. Oh yeah, I also have like a family and stuff, so it's not the same. Today's last podcast on the left is brought to you by My Blue. Sometimes it's hard to find a satisfying vape that's simple and convenient, but Blue, who introduced vaping to the world, is now introducing My Blue. My Blue gives you all the satisfaction with none of the hassle. Just click and go. With My Blue's easy to use one quick liquid pods, you can switch. Between flavors in seconds, and they've got a range of flavors to choose from. All you gotta do is just charge it for 20 minutes and you are set all day long. And it comes with a free limited lifetime device warranty called MyCare. So for a limited time, Blue is letting you try their new MyBlue starter kit for just a dollar, but hurry, this won't last long. Terms and conditions apply. Go to MyBlue.com, M-Y-B-L-U.com today to learn more. So, Nelson, ever polite, let Barlow back into his house, poured him a drink, and left the room. And when Nelson came back, Barlow was passed out. So instead of calling another ambulance, Nelson just strangled him to death. Hmm. 
The next day, Nelson didn't even bother prying up the floorboards to put Barlow under. He just dragged the body to the kitchen, stuffed it under the sink, and went to work for the day. Jeez. Because you got to remember, this whole time, Nelson's still going to work. Right, and he's, he's got a bare, day job. And he's barely missing work. My God. Here and there, but for the most part, no. Uh, they said he had a, an incredible resilience. Because he'd be out all night drinking. And then murdering, and then you got to struggle with the body, and then he just wake up and go right to work, just like all prim and proper. Crazy. You go. He was a pain in the ass at work. I had heard. Yeah. When he wasn't just being entirely silent, he was a little grumpy, but I think he was tired secretly. But Barlow wasn't the last victim in Melrose Avenue because Nelson was caught or suddenly overcome with remorse. Hmm. Nelson's time at Melrose ended because his landlord wanted to renovate the apartment. Oh, God. And so the landlord forced Nelson out through intimidation by hiring guys to break into Nelson's house to pour tar all over his furniture and his record collection. <laughs> this landlord, <laughs> what a schmuck. Yeah, yeah dude. He also yeah, man. hired the same guys to just like hang outside of uh, Nelson's apartment and be like, so are you thinking about moving? And then finally, they just gave Nelson a thousand pounds to leave. Wow. This is why they're always flipping coins on the corner. They're finding people to throw tar in tenants' apartments. <laughs> but it's true. He Think about this. He's got a bunch of bodies in his house. Right. And and so up to this point, it's like in this normal British person's life, if he didn't have a bunch of bodies, this would be a tragedy. The landlord shows up right. being like, we got to fucking get in there. You got to move out. We're renovating the house and we're going to up the price and, and give it to somebody else. And then they, normally they're like, we'll scare this guy because we're fucking creepy gangsters. Meanwhile, it's gangsters. Just going to the house where they must have the first thing they walk into this place to ransack it and they were like, huh, musty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, usually gentrification has a lot of bad ramifications, but in this case, maybe it was a good thing. It might have been. And so two days before Nelson was due to move out, he built one last bonfire and burned his remaining four victims. He had four in there right now? He had four again, yeah, because oh he burned the first He had burned the first guy, and then he had another six to contend with, and he burned those six, and then he had these four to deal with. Jeez. Yeah, so there was, yeah. there was a lot. And then you got the, all the tar you got to clean up. Uh, too much. Yeah. So on October 5th, 1981, Nelson left Melrose Avenue and moved to 23 Cranley Gardens in the Muswell Hill District of London. Ooh. And this is where he got his uh, nickname, the Muswell Hill Killer, mm -hmm. one of them. That was one of his nicknames. And also it was the center of an incredible movie called Muswell Hill with uh, Hugh Grant oh. and uh, Julie Roberts uh, about a young star that's got up. And then uh, Hugh Grant uh, murders her and plays with her nude body <laughs> like it's a toy for several months. Very controversial film that I actually thought PG-13 yeah. was just like surprised by the rating. Kind of a nodding off hill there. <laughs> kind of crazy. No, this place was nowhere. That was very good, Ben. Thank good. you. I, I, I'm sorry I did Good. not give you the attendant praise for that. It one. doesn't matter, Good. man. It doesn't matter. You know? Now, this place was nowhere near the ideal murder spot that Melrose Avenue had been. Is this a nicer place or a worse part of town? It's actually a nicer, nicer. part of town. Oh, okay. Yeah, much nicer. Uh, once more, Nelson was trying to give himself a fresh start, so he accepted an attic apartment with no space under the boards to store bodies. So okay. he figures... Now, there's no way, no way I can even do it. I can't even do it. I can't even yeah. want me to. I got rid of the floorboards. <laughs> this is going to be... This is it. Yeah. Never again. It's like when you cut the pizza into smaller slices. You're not going to eat the whole pizza. 
it's a smaller slice. <laughs> oh, predictably, Nilsson only lasted a month before his first attempt. Okay. In November, Nilsson took home a guy named Paul Nobbs. They got drunk and fell asleep, but Nobbs woke up in the middle of the night with a pain in his neck. He got up and looked in the bathroom mirror and found that his eyes were bloodshot. He immediately left and went to hospital, as the British call it. Okay. Very good. And was told by the attending doctor that, hey, today this, but you've been strangled. What? (laughs) That's strange. Well, it's very creepy because it's sort of like, have you guys experienced it in LA at all? But where I have had like a earthquake in the middle of the night, it's like when you're sleeping and it feels like the room jumps and you like wake up from it. You're like, I don't know what the hell just happened. It was like the same thing for this dude, except he woke up just like he had had been strangled. Right. He was in the middle of the dead sleep. So he didn't understand what's happening. He looked over at Dennis Nilsson and he's just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Oh, oh, not me. And then he had to go back to sleep normal and then wake up. And his whole neck was just fucked in this weird half sleep where he was so close to being dead. Wow. Did Nelson think that he had killed him? No. Oh, he didn't think that he no, had. No, no, he didn't think he had. Oh, okay. This is a, a weird period in Nelson's in, uh, in Nelson's life. Okay. Uh, this is a weird period in Nelson's yeah, life. Yeah, it's supposed this to be one, a normal is. period in this well, man's life. Well, the problem was that uh, Paul Nobbs was in the closet. So rather than even taking the risk of outing himself, he just left it alone. He didn't mm. report it at all uh, and never went back to Nelson's place. It does seem like he has been on the police radar for a little while now. This, uh, is, this is the third person well, or second is, person? You know, this is the, a point in time where, you know, all of the reports are all stood, still written down on note cards. You know, there's right. not going to be a computer system for them to type in and see the name Dennis Nelson come up like four or five times. Sure. He'd been reported a couple of times, uh, but besides the, um, I would say besides, up to this point, besides the whole bag of viscera thing, uh, there hasn't been a close call with the cops just yet. Just the bag of human organs. Yes. Okay. In this case, they brought him back to the precinct where he was a cop for eight months. So when they he showed back up as a as a guy, like they were all like, okay, he's weird, but they thought that what happened essentially, they thought that he got caught in the middle of a gay Thing, and they all had kind of thoughts about him, and so they just kind of let him go. But he went back, like a part of the reason why he got off is because he went back to the place where they all knew him. Gosh. Another reason why he got off is because Nobbs didn't press charges. Yeah, so I mean, like, you just go, and they were all like, we all knew he was weird, but we didn't know anything about his private life. Now we definitely know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dennis Nilsson just like, is it me? Just <laughs> Did so, I do it again? It is sad to think about. So many people just uh, with all these murderers, uh, <laughs> just the cops just being like, Ew, you know, like it's just so sad that they could have stopped so much, mm-hmm. so much death if they would have just paid attention. But yeah. So after that incident, Nelson kept to himself for another four months until he ran into an old acquaintance named John Howlett. Now, Howlett's another strange one, and it tells you just how comfortable Nelson had become with the idea of murder. And it also tells you he wasn't necessarily just killing for company. So now he was enjoying it. Yes. Oh. Yes. Hollett came over to Nilsson's place where the two ate a meal while they watched a movie on TV. But after the movie, Hollett was tired and asked if he could lie down and get some rest. Now, Nilsson actually didn't even like Hollett or even really find him that attractive, but he begrudgingly said, yes, sure, why not? So at, at, about, so at about midnight, Nilsson walked into his room and found Hollett asleep in his bed. And angrily, Nilsson said, I didn't know you were moving in. 
And when Hallett refused to move, Nilsson grabbed him by the neck and violently strangled him to death with more force than any of his other victims and put the body in the wardrobe. Now murder is just a way to solve a problem. Okay. Yeah. He just realizes that I can do this now. I have mm-hmm. the strength. I know how to strangle somebody with my hands. Because up to this point, he'd been using tourniquets. Like, he'd been using either... It was like a, a st- string attached to one of his ties. He saw it in a movie. Something like that, where he would wrap the tie around his hands and twist... You would do kind of like what uh, Gacy did mm-hmm. with the r- rope board. Yeah. Where he would wrap it around their neck, and then he'd twist it from behind and make it super, super tight and hold it until they were dead. This time, it's like he's he wants to exert total control he wants to yeah. be like I'm, I'm a fucking badass killer and I can do this shit anytime I want sounds like the act of killing that great documentary when they go through how they kill uh, yeah. a lot of the Brutal. people yeah so now he so he felt validated though because the guy he didn't like the guy he, he was in his home so he maybe he felt a little bit more like rage yeah yeah, yeah. he mm. was able to give into his rage a lot more but Jeez. now he had an even bigger problem because he didn't have his uh, backyard anymore. He oh, didn't have his yes. floorboards anymore. Nowhere to burn the body. So he had to get rid of it another way. And here's where it's going to get really gross. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. I feel sick. <laughs> I do feel <laughs> sort of physically yeah. sick. Nelson put a big wooden board over his bathtub and placed Howlett's body on top. <sighs> he started with the abdominal area first, opening up the stomach and removing the organs. He then cut the organs into two-inch long chunks and started flushing them down the toilet a half pound at a time. You can almost, you can like hear or feel the scissor. Like you can just, oh, oh you can hear them plopping yeah, down into the water. Just, oh, and wow. the weird tiny European toilets too because they're yeah. much smaller. Yeah. And they don't use as much water uh, for no. environmental reasons. This is not easy. When those chunks proved to be a little too solid, Nelson started boiling the pieces down into a soupy mess. And then started pouring that down the toilet. Oh, and that flushed down a lot easier. Okay. And he did the same with all the flesh. Okay. But that's that, how they make the filler for stuff like hamburgers and chicken nuggets is they take all the slurry. They take all the they meat do, from yes. all the joints and shit. And they boil it into a big vat until it becomes a soup. And then they coagulate it. And then they could score it out. So technically it's meat, but it's super, super soft. Yeah, that's what people don't understand. Ronald McDonald's actual kitchen looks like the kitchen from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is <laughs> yeah. Just disgusting head cheese. Yes. Well, after the organs came the head. Nelson boiled it until he could crack the skull open so he could scoop out the brains. And those went into the toilet as well. All right. I'm just oh, going to ask the question because how, Henry, you might know this. How long would that take? Is that like eight hours? No, you can you could cook a skull till it's soft in probably about two or three hours of a hard boil. But but brains are always going to be soft. That's why they go so good with eggs. Have you ever had brain and eggs? No. Oh, okay, let's yeah, move on. Man, that is. <laughs> and then the hands, feet, and ribs went into the pot one by one, boiled until the flesh could be scraped off. <sighs> And of course, what all- did it smell like, man? Is it musty? <laughs> Is this also musty? <laughs> it's got to smell worse than that. I know what it smells like. Yeah, yeah, just boiling death. Yeah, just death. Yeah, it's just yeah. death. Like, okay. it, it's, but this was before a lot of them rotted, right? This is pretty yeah, quick. This is, after. this is pretty quick. Well, some of them were Thanks. rotting for a little longer than others, uh, but yeah, they were. Some of them were fairly rotted. Okay, oh, fair, fair, fair amount. Yeah. All right. 
And then, of course, after all this, there were the bones. Right. Mm. Now, what's he going to do there? Well, shoulder bones, those were too big. So he just threw those over his fence. Uh, into the <laughs> yeah, dump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let the neighbors <laughs> deal with it. How is it possible? What was it? Can you imagine seeing, if I saw a neighbor throw a ho-ho wrapper into my yard, I'd be like, what are we doing? I'd be like, hey, is this your dump? <laughs> if you saw someone throw your full structural Parts of a body. Yeah. Or to your yard. What are you, you just like? I must have been a pigeon. <laughs> a pigeon must have sat on an electrical wire and made all its fear of its feathers off. You know, yeah. It you was know, a dump. He lived next to a dump. Oh, so okay, just that threw makes it over sense. Into the dump. It's <laughs> interesting, though. I would approach a person who threw a candy wrapper in my yard before I approached a person who threw like a human femur bone. <laughs> He's like, I might He's let him go. Um, and just be like, they had a lot, to, they were busy. Um, With the rest of the skeleton, the skull, arm bones, leg bones, and pelvis, those were sprinkled in salt, stored in a tea chest, and covered in a curtain that Nelson had found on the street and just put that in the corner of his apartment. Hmm. This entire process was done, at least partly, three times over the next 18 months. Oh, he, wow. And those are the ones he, just the ones he managed to kill. Another five got away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting about Dennis Nelson? I think we cover this at all. He, I, it's very similar, I want to say, to a BTK. He would do shit where there was a body discovered. There's a thing, a lump wrapped in a carpet on his street. And he called the cops saying, there's a murderer in my neighborhood. And it turns out there was a dog in it. He had done this several times about other shit, Mm -hmm. about other crimes where he would call the cops on other crimes that were happening. And like, like animals going missing. Like obviously if an animal was going missing, he was like obsessed with it but he was like uh, always he was like the night watchman he was a, is he living in like arkham asylum is everybody <laughs> yes. what do you mean there was just a dog in a car in london a carpet? in the late 70s was a pretty dark place okay yeah late 70s early 80s oh, yeah, he was uh he was a busybody like he was they said he was by nature a complainer uh and that even like went over into his like uh politics as well is that he was constantly complaining about politics btk you know, yeah you're right those about guys that. talking about margaret thatcher like 100 percent of the time. Ah, uh, I see. Mm-hmm. Iron Pants. I remember Iron Pants. Meryl Streep. Yeah. I don't That's, know, I remember. I don't That's the only it, thing I know about Margaret Thatcher is that Meryl Streep played her in the I movie. don't think it's Iron Pants. <laughs> I think they called her Iron Pants. Was it Iron Pants? Well, they called her the, the Iron, Iron Lady. lady. But I think <laughs> Iron Pants may have been like a, a that was a bit of kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge type of way to <laughs> yeah, refer, refer to her. It, I'm not sure. Maybe. So one of the guys that got away was named Carl Stoder. Hmm. He was feeling kind of low the night he and Nelson met in a pub in the summer of 1983. All right. But Nelson managed to cheer him up, and he invited him back to his place. Okay, what the hell did Dennis Nelson do to cheer him up? <laughs> What's the joke? What's the go-to Dennis Nelson joke that works every time? Uh, you want to see something funny? Yeah. Opens up the cupboard. This isn't you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. But even before they arrived, Stoder had started to feel a little uneasy. First, Nilsson had gotten into a screaming match with the cab driver on the way. Uh, I don't then, know if that's like at all. Not like going with Ben Kissel with a head full of acid <laughs> through a uh, drunk checkpoint in uh, Los Angeles. Buddy, that, that Uber driver loved me. He agreed with every single thing I said about the police state. But that's interesting. The UK, great taxi drivers. Great maybe, taxi maybe drivers. Maybe they didn't have them uh, the so best. good back in the day. I think he was just a dickhead. Okay. Yeah, he got angry very easily. You know what? I'll believe it. 
Then, when they got back to Dennis's house, Nelson brought out his Laurie Anderson record, brought out Oh Superman, and insisted that Stoder listen to it through the headphones. Just. Come on. And Carl listened, but he said he was acutely aware that Nilsson was standing behind him for the entire eight and a half minutes, oh. just staring at the back of Stoder's head. This guy is just, he's, you're right, this is next level creep behavior. Yeah, it's just, there's yeah. just, everything I mean, about obviously. it is just creep. I mean, it's right. super creep. And he's they already fo- murdered 11 people. Yeah. Yep. And they fooled around a little bit after that, but the rum was going to Stoder's head, so he figured he'd better get some sleep. So instead of a blanket, Nelson gave Stoder a sleeping bag. But before Uh-oh. Stoder fell asleep, Nelson made sure to point out that the zipper had come loose from the padding. And he better watch out for it. Don't get caught up in the zipper at night. Uh-oh. I'm warning you. <laughs> Don't you dare get caught up in that zipper because it's your fault. If you do happen to get if something weird happens in your sleep, it's your fault. Not me. I didn't do it. You sexy corpse. I mean, friend. Uh, I'm very much alive. Uh. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I- so about an hour later, Stoder woke up to Nilsson strangling him with that same zipper. And Stoder was almost passed out when Nilsson dragged him to the bathroom to finish him off with the drowning like he had so many times before. But when Stoder stopped fighting, Nilsson suddenly stopped the whole operation, pulled him out of the water, and actually gave him CPR. So he did. So now he likes to kill. Is that what's happening here? He likes the struggle. He likes all that now. Well, he told Stoder that he'd gotten caught in the zip, just like he'd warned. And Nelson had brought him to the bathroom to splash water on his face to wake him up. Uh, so Stoder, yes, that was his excuse. It's just like there's just like a difference between like splashing water in somebody's face and f- and holding them underwater until right. they drown. Yeah, I remember yeah. that when I was getting swirlies and I was just like, thank you so much. I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> thank you, Gus. So Stoder, he left and he immediately went to the police, but the police didn't believe him. And this isn't just something to blame on the police either, because Soder's friends didn't believe me either. They said that he was just having a dream about his ex-boyfriend again. Okay. I uh, kind of want to know what happened with the ex-boyfriend. Abusive but- ex-boyfriend. It was okay. just an abusive ex-boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Now, Nelson said that he stopped the murder because Stotor had been, quote, rendered passive, and therefore the fantasy had been achieved. And But he also told Stoder mm. from prison that he hadn't killed him because, quote... A thin strand of humanity passed between us. But Stoder thinks that Nilsson spared his life because he suddenly realized he had no more room for another dead body. And while I think that's closer, I don't think that's quite it either. See, this was only about two months after John Howlett. Now remember, Nilsson hated the dissection part of the process, and I imagine he wasn't too eager to do it again. He knew, at least at that time, that one killing meant one dissection in this mm. new apartment. It wasn't like in the old days when you could just kind of let him pile up before doing a big spring cleaning. Yeah, he's got to do Ugh. a lot more production now. Yeah, right. producing here. And I mean, and without a proper, like, production team. Yeah, a, a one-man band like Moby. <laughs> Like Moby? He has a production <laughs> team. No, it's saying, not just no, Moby. Moby plays all of his own instruments. He, he does yeah, it he, on a computer. And, and also, goes, no, 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 no. I'm going to fight goes, you on this. <laughs> no, no, because also he samples from other people. He literally needs to have other music done <laughs> in order for him to do music. Yeah, well, mm, the other music are his corpses. <laughs> Interesting. They're the dirty plates. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. But pretty soon, not even... The prospect of a dissection 
would stop Dennis Nelson from killing. And there were a couple other near misses as well. One guy named Martin Hunter Craig said he went over to Nelson's place and remembered Nelson Lee drunkenly saying he had to ask the professor if it was okay for Hunter Craig to stay over. <laughs> if, if someone ever says that to you, that they have to ask the professor, don't look down because they have unzipped their zipper and they, have, <laughs> uh, they are displaying to you genitalia. Yes, absolutely. Go to ask the professor. Right. And then just like... What do eye you contact. think, Mr. Professor? Not, not breaking Oop. eye contact. No. <laughs> and strangely, Hunter Craig wasn't the only survivor that Nelson said this to, that he had to ask the professor. Okay. I just, I, I think that he also just got drunk and, and fucking, like, he got dramatic. Yeah. Right. Okay. Another man named Trevor Simpson remembered that as well. And Trevor also has possibly the strangest survivor story out of all of them. He said he woke up in Nelson's apartment at 1 a.m. to a smoke-filled room. So he ran to the kitchen, and in the kitchen was sitting Nelson, casually drinking a glass of water. And when Simpson went back to the living room, he saw that Nelson had just set a pair of jeans on fire, He's presumably l- to asphyxiate him. Um, It's a bad idea. He wanted to smoke him out of consciousness. He's trying to smoke him out, but in a way, it made no sense. And I mean, obviously, he's ill. They, I mean, it right. always comes back to his That's plans right. are always informed by the fact that he is deeply, deeply insane. That's right. So this was not the best well thought out concept. Thank no. you for bringing that up again. I always forget <laughs> it, it, this is not. Yes. Okay. That, ex- that helps explain it a little bit. In the end, though, Nelson's last victim, gutter punk Stephen Sinclair, would be killed much the same way as Nelson's first. Mm. Nelson said he was in his home with Sinclair when he said, quote, Oh, Stephen, here I go again. What? Stephen was sitting in Nelson's chair listening to The Who's Tommy on Nelson's headphones. The Who's Tommy being another one of Nelson's favorites. Nelson approached Sinclair from behind and strangled him with a tie just as Nelson had his first victim. So after about a week of laying the body out in front of a mirror and putting talc on his own skin to better match that of the victims... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, after doing... Oh, doing yeah, 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 of course, yeah, 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 We're going to yada, yada, yada that. Royal wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson slowly began the disposal process one more time. Mm. But it's this that got Nelson caught. All right. In early February of 1983, a couple of Nelson's neighbors discovered that all of their drains were clogged. Ah. One man in particular, named Jim Alcock, took yeah, it upon my, him. My friend calls me Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's a, that's a fun name. It's he's a, not a victim, right? No, he's not. Alcock. That's a hell of a last name. I like Alcock. that. Wow. Well, he took it upon himself to call a plumber. But while Alcock was waiting. <laughs> just feel like Alcock is talking to God. Be like, you could have made me, could have given me a mouth and some eyes. You made me Alcock. Uh, yeah, but it's a funny joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a black woman. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? But while Alcock was waiting, he remarked to Nilsson as Nilsson was on his way out, Hey, Nilsson, better lay off on using the toilet for a bit. Oh. Drains are all clogged. Oh. So, of course, the first thing Nilsson thought was, Oh, shit, this might be my fault. Um, I kind of maybe my doof, um, I'm sorry about, I'm sorry about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. For the longest time, too, his neighbors hated him because they thought he just t- took huge dumps <laughs> with not realizing what he was actually doing in there. 
And so Nelson spent the entire next day cleaning up as much of his last mess as he could. And then for days after that, Nelson sat just waiting for the plumber to show, for the hammer to drop. And finally, the plumber came on February 7th. So that night, a plumber named Mike Catran from the Dino Rod Company. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, Alcock. (laughs) He arrived at 23 Cranley Gardens. Alcock took Catran out back to the manhole to take a look in the building's plumbing. Catran, who has been eating out on this story for decades. It's a great plumber story. (laughs) This is a plumber's hall of fame story. Yeah. He said he took one look at the blockage with his flashlight and said, quote, I haven't been in this job for long, but I know this isn't shit. And I know shit. <laughs> I would assume he does. Yeah. You get five people to shit in a tube, and I'll look at the shit and I'll tell you everything about their jobs and tell you everything <laughs> about their love life. So I'm a bit of an expert on it. Yeah, if I see shit, I, I point at it. That's shit. Oh, yeah, that's piss. That's a puddle of human piss, and I like it. I like it. It's my job to know it. All right? All right, takes his job seriously. I know shit. I, I believe it. I believe it. No, while you'd think this would be Nilsson's time to cut and run, he Mm-mm. instead took the time to write a complaint letter to his landlord about the drains. Ugh. And he then went around and got the other five tenants in the house to sign the letter. Wow. So He's he go- doing the no collusion. He's yeah, doing no, no collusion. collusion. He went down to get Alcock's signature down by the manhole, too, where he heard the plumber say that this seemed like a situation for the old bill. What the hell is that? Cops. That's oh, okay. that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. London, Londoners say. Because I know shit. And I'll tell you what, if it's shit, I can mush it between my hands. I can put it in my mouth and I can taste that it's shit. But when I put it in my mouth, I smell... It's delicious. Whoever <laughs> well, made this is a goddamn genius and needs to talk to that Ramsey fella I've been working with down a lot. He curses a mite, but he loves his family. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So Nilsson looked in the hole at the blockage and said, quote, oh, It looks more to me like someone's been flushing down the Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Naturally. And that kind of gave him an idea. Uh-oh. After Katran left, Nilsson went back down to the manhole, opened it up, and started clearing out the blockage best as he could. Oh, his, God. His <sighs> actual plan was to wake up in the morning, go buy some KFC, rip the meat off the bones, come back, and stuff it down in the hole and hope that everyone would just forget about it. His whole plan was with any luck, they'll think it's chicken. <laughs> yeah. That, that what is... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's insane. He's Mental insane. Ill. That's, okay, that's right. Because then Katran's down there looking at all this Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's like, all right, let me suck on some of this. <laughs> this is chicken. It ain't shit. I'm going to see it again. How many times have I got to say it? I brought a bag of my own personal shit so I can show you next to this chicken pizza. Yeah, it ain't shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What? Uh... But Nilsson's cover had already been blown sure. before he'd even gone asleep. Because Alcock had heard the manhole clatter when Nilsson had taken it off. So he sat and watched for 10 minutes as Nilsson just picked each little chunk out of the hole. But this is after. These guys are all living on top of each other. He's been blasting music out of his apartment for for weeks, for the entire time he's been living there. Yeah, months. Men have been going in there 
and not coming out. Right. They know that he's doing weird shit in that spot. They all have rumors. Because everyone's saying, because he was obviously the weird guy of the building. Cut to, there's a hubbub about something's going on in the drain. They're all, because they're all busybodies doing the old, like, weird, like, nana hats that everyone has in in Great Britain, what they wear before they go to sleep. And they're looking out, like, you have Alcock up to his rim. Watching <laughs> through the windows, just to be like, you know, like Dennis is like, something has to be done about these drains. It's like, oh, there's something going on. Watching him out in the middle of the night, just rummaging around in the drains, acting like no one can see him with a bucket of KFC. Right. <laughs> thinking he's just shoving it in there. He didn't actually make it to the KFC. He didn't do it. Huh? He did not make it because the next day, wow. Alcock confronted him. Okay. And was like, what were you doing out there last night? And Nelson's like, oh, I was just peeing. He said, I was peeing directly into the drain. That's oh, what he said. Oh, I see. Skipping the middleman. That's what the toilet well, is. Because the toilet was clogged. So yeah, he had to pee directly in the drain. But of course, uh, he couldn't be directly in the drain if all of the stuff was clogged. So he had to take it all out so he could pee directly in the drain. Yeah, yeah this and then is he like, becomes fucking Seinfeld again where he's like, what is the deal with having toilets? <laughs> well, yeah. you can just go right out here to the drain. Kind of a rear window meets the burbs type situation happening here. It's a, meets I mean, a pile would, of human shit. It would be weird if he was just flushing KFC chicken down the toilet. Then he could just be the weird that's neighbor who flushes weird. KFC chicken. That, that is also weird. That's also weird. But in this world, that's the normal thing. Yes. Like, that's what, that's what he's pitching. Like, be like, see, I'm just like an everyday Joe. Yeah, so Nilsson, I mean, not really knowing what else to do, he just went to work. And soon after, uh, the plumber showed back up with his boss because the, he called up his boss and was like, hey, I think I found something weird here. Boss like, well, I'll come down and check it out with you. All right, I better get a look at it myself then because it's one thing I know is I know piss. And if it's some kind of solid block of piss, I'll be able to smell it. I'll be able to lick it and tell right away. So the meat was gone, yes. Oh. But Alcock had told the plumbers about what he'd seen the night before. So Katran reached further down into the drain and pulled out a human knuckle. Wow. So he tried to flush a full knuckle. Tried to flush a full knuckle. (sighs) And then Katran reached in even further. And each time he reached in, he pulled out either flesh Uh or bone. I want to hear from plumbers that are listeners. Yeah. I said, "Is, is it not a thought deep down in the back of your mind? Do you kind of hope it happens once? <laughs> I don't so that know. You can be, because this guy, Katran, has not paid for a drink like, since. No. Because no. it's like, you want to hear old story about Des <laughs> Nilsson? Come sit over here and come pop up on my knee. And like people just come from, he's just, he's oh. loving this. Yeah, every right. time he, and every interview he, he does, he's got like a little smile. Yeah. Where he's the, excited to tell the story again. The closest thing I could compare it to, I guess, is the game Double Dare. Remember that Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon <laughs> show where they had to grab the flags <laughs> from like the human, oh, but then the bad, yeah. yeah, the oh, nose, yeah. But, but then it's full of human flesh. Flesh and hair. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Now, Nilsson knew when he arrived at work that this is going to be his last day at the office. <laughs> like, he just fuck you, he fuck just you. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool, fuck you. Like, you have to do that? Hell yeah, show me the money, man. It's the opposite. Of the, like, the guy who was called cool is just like, um, am I fucking weird? Like, why does he like me? <laughs> yes, so, Greg, you are super weird. I'm well, just wondering. I'm just wondering. Well, he didn't really, like, say goodbye to anyone. Uh, he just left a letter saying that if he was, if he ended up dead by the end of the day, it wasn't from a suicide, the cops were going to kill him. Hey, so you- guys, uh, just so you know, I'm Greg, by the way, I mean, Dennis just said I was cool. Um, does anybody else have any, like, I'm just going to go to the toilet to flush some of my Kentucky Fried Chicken down, down the toilet? <laughs> um, you guys got any chicken you guys got to get rid of? Because... <laughs> 
I'm just doing it the usual way. Of course. <laughs> totally normal. Then Nilsson left, delivered the handwritten letter about the drains to his landlord, and went home where three cops were waiting outside his apartment building. Oh, my gosh. Cop, first cop introduced himself and told Dennis, I'm here about the drains. Okay. And Nelson said, Since when have police been interested in blocked drains? The cops said they'd tell him more once they got up to his flat. Okay, I'll come with you, yes. <laughs> yes, I'll come with you. So Nelson took him up, and the detective said as soon as Nelson opened the door, just the odor of decomposition, was it was too much. Oh, it just, it it's just, quite musty in here. <laughs> hmm. Now finally, the detective stopped screwing around and told Dennis that his drains were blocked with human remains. Nelson tried playing coy at first and said... Oh my god, how awful. And then the cop lost his temper and told Nelson to stop fucking around and tell him where the rest of the body was. <laughs> and then Nelson, knowing there's just no way out at this point, he said, In plastic bags in the other room. And when cops asked if they were talking about one body or two here, Nelson said, Neither. It's 16. Yeah, right. This is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Wow. What if they made the whole plane the black box? My God. Bake your head in cheese. And with that, the search of Nilsson's homemade slaughterhouse began. Oh, God. The bags Dennis had spoken of were closed up in his wardrobe. In one was the left section of Stephen Sinclair's torso with the arm still attached. And in another bag was the matching side. And each bag seemed to have something that was just a little bit worse than the last. Yeah. One contained just Ugh. a My stomach. badly just decomposed, headless, armless torso. Yeah. While another held a man's half-boiled head that still had most of the flesh and hair attached. And then another one was just filled with KFC chicken? <laughs> filled really with that. What is going on? Boiled uh, beyond recognition. Oh you know, when God. we go to Rome, we're going to Rome this week because of our buddy's wedding. Um, yeah. A big thing in Rome, and this is true, is that one of their main delicacies is boiled, broiled goat head. They would do boiled and goat and so... Yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't want to eat all of it for him. I'll, I'll let him have it. <laughs> no need. I'm fine. Stick no. with the pizza. Yeah. The last thing they found, besides the tea chest full of bones, was the lower half of Stephen Sinclair, <sighs> cleanly cut from the waist down, hidden behind a piece of plywood in Nilsson's bathroom. Th- this does mirror the uh, the Dahmer experience, uh, but I guess less uh, jarred. Um Members. No. Well, he uh, actually, Nelson did say at one point that he would have liked to have kept trophies, but he just didn't have the right liquids. Oh, his, okay. his main thing, what he wished that he could have done, and this is true in his heart of hearts, is that he wished that he could save the dick and balls. He wanted to save the genitalia, um, but he could not find a proper embalming fluid because he didn't have, I guess, a coroner's license. Mm-hmm. Like, it's difficult to get yeah. the stuff that you need. And also, where does one put it? <laughs> Do you put it in the bathroom? Do you put it in the kitchen? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, doesn't, uh, like, when we were talking about Rasputin, uh-huh. it is Don, well, not really his, but it's the horse. horse, horse but horse. it seems like liquor uh, can uh, can hold um, the, the, the famous toe. Well, you know, vodka. yeah, you're right. You're what, right, really? Kissel. What, what, I don't know what? Maybe he just wanted to drink <laughs> the rum too bad. I think he could have put it in the rum. That's all I'm saying. Put it if in the little he just boy. thought about it a little more clearly, he uh, could have <laughs> saved those cocks and balls for himself. <laughs> just, I don't, I'm just saying, I, I just feel like it, it could be possible. I don't, I, I don't know. but So, Nelson, <laughs> quickly... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is how every bar conversation ends for me. <laughs> anyway, you never know. 
Well, Nilsson quickly confessed to his crimes, but still pleaded not guilty in court. Now, surprisingly, though, the jury had a hard time reaching a verdict due to a particularly convincing mental deficiency kit defense. Oh. oh, they're saying he's loose up top? A little loose. Okay. Weird. The first vote came back deadlocked at six to six, but after further deliberation, the final vote came back ten to two for guilty. Wow, they really got a swing there. They really did, yeah. So Nelson was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison and was quickly stabbed in the face soon after his conviction. Yeah, and how'd that go for him? Uh, he recovered. Okay. Yeah, he recovered. Yeah, it happened in Wormwood Scrubs Prison. Oh. Yes, and this Jesus. is where he and he immediately retreated to his own shit, and then he began self-exploration. He started, like, continuing his, like, the autobiography that we have heard about since. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, he spent the next few decades writing history of a drowning boy that never saw the light of day while he was still alive. Hmm. And Dennis Nelson never will see it published because Dennis Nelson died during surgery earlier this month at the age of 72. Wow. They, yeah. I mean, and the, because the surgery was... He he wanted his viscera removed and put uh. into a bag. I just <laughs> oh, I can't right. imagine this shit. It's it's just yeah. so fucked up. The history of a drowned boy is actually supposed to come up posthumously. There's like there's talk that it was saved so that it would be released. And there's right. some chunks of it. I found a little bits of it that on chunks. After, after this point, <laughs> yeah, the it's whole, just like all of the term is a horrible connotation now because yeah. of this. Yeah. But. So uh, uh, there there are sections of it. Again, still <laughs> same thing. Yep. Same uh, blurbs, blog, but so. somehow that still doesn't work. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, blurbs. Like the noise that the yeah. intestines made Dude. when they were being dropped into the toilet. Uh, paragraphs. There are paragraphs <laughs> there of it. There we go. That's yeah. good. And so let's take this series out on one of Dennis Nilsson's numerous untitled poems. Okay. Lives of sorrow, bones of the dead, given by the sea to fitful head. A million sea birds, white with despair, screaming above in the crisp new air. A hand, a smooth and empty hand, always out of reach, like a sailor's body. Drowned upon the beach. We've got a nerd alert. We've got <laughs> no, a nerd alert. For that one. Alert. He's technically he's allowed to be like that. He is. I guess. He is. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know they gave quills out in prison. But that you definitely like it's an ascot, but it's probably just toilet paper. It's like you know how prison it's like it, they just kind of mimic things, but everything is made out of soap or toilet paper or toothbrush. Oh my god. Well, I I gotta say, I mean, he got. He had a much better life than he deserved. 72 years old. Yep. They still gave him surgery. And wow. All right. Yeah, well, man. that guy is, you know what? He, that is ridiculous. That's the fight. <laughs> it How is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. It just, the, it's just creepy. It's a, he's one of right. the creepiest guys that I think we've ever covered. Yeah. It's also, I don't know why. I have a hard time believing it because it's so like shoving human body parts down. It's, it's like, but there's almost cartoon like, it. But I know it's yeah, true. Yeah. But it's almost difficult to take it like seriously because it's so over the top and crazy. Yeah. It's it like out is, of Fargo or something. It is one of those stories that we'll cover every once in a while, kind of like with Ed Gein. I think I almost put it in the level of Ed Gein, and I mean, obviously, Dahmer, of just um, sometimes your creepy neighbor that you get creepy vibes for right. is that. Yes. They, 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 are, they are exactly as they appear to be. Right. It's a part of what keeps our show alive are these stories, where it's just like, there are monsters everywhere. Yep. <laughs> but there's not. 
Uh, you just gotta be really it, careful. It, there's no, they're not monsters everywhere. If no. there's one thing we are not, it is we are not a fear mongering podcast. No, These no. are three men out of billions. Exactly, monsters. of course. And most no, of not <laughs> everywhere. Most of the neighbors you think are creepy are more like the old man from uh, from Monster Squad. Yeah, the, yeah. The German fellow, the Jewish German man, and not the creepy person from the movie It who yeah. wants to have them <laughs> drink tea. Most people, most of the creepy guys are just. They're they're just socially awkward. There is a lot of that, but it makes me want to go in their homes and start being like, "Where are the bodies? Yeah, where are the bodies? Like immediately, just try to establish dominance." Well, I mean, I I don't mind. I don't not suggest just throwing it out there if you enter a new home, just like where are the bodies, and just see how they react. <laughs> and then, but of course, uh, inevitably, they'll shut the door behind you as you leave and be like, "That guy was creepy as shit." And then, oh, you're the creepy one. But that's but, you what you know, do. I mean, you gotta be the creepy one. Yes. That's how you that- eliminate the other creepy ones. You become creepy yes. first. I do love the irony of us being like, watch out for the creepy ones. And meanwhile, we're like hanging out in Pittsburgh and they're like, our house is a horror museum. Uh, we just- <laughs> <laughs> Are we the creepy ones? Yeah, I don't Trundle know. Manor. Yeah, exactly. All shit. That place you know what will really we'll help you Manor. do it? Listen to this Rick Wakeman album fucking DeMarcus sent me the other night. Like, if you want to just watch your brain slowly fold into madness, or you just eat about, a bunch of edibles and listen to Rhapsodies. About, Rhapsodies, Rhapsodies is a wonderful album. It's just like the maniacal fun. It sounds like a steampunk one-man band with like <laughs> yeah. a keyboard attached to a guy's knees and he's got a drum machine on his feet. And it's just like, this is quite a, this is a lot of sound. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a lot to deal with. A lot yeah. coming at y'all at once. That's prog, baby. Things getting a lot of crank, like, like those crank <laughs> noisemakers, and like, and then, it's a lot of that. Absolutely. I mean, if they were curing cancer, or if it was like a scientist fight, figuring out how to go to space, it's good music. Yeah. It's just the context <laughs> of the uh, strangulation, and then yeah. obviously- Scientists love prog rock. I'm sure they do. It's very, uh, it's like a robot uh, yelling at his parents. <laughs> Something so it makes really a lot of sense. sense. Exactly. Like yeah, angst robot. <laughs> <laughs> Something about him strangling a drifter in an armchair with a bump, like playing in the background. It's very creepy to me. Yes. It's different when it's like the movie Hidden Figures and they just solved a problem and you're walking down the street very confidently. I'm like, yeah. that's a good song. Mm-hmm. But yes, context matters. That's, yes. that's, that's what this is that's all what about. We've that's the only thing I've that's ever learned. Um, all right. Well, let's see here. So let's say thank everyone for Patreon, for mm. giving to our Patreon. Thank of you course. all so much. Without you, any, none of this is possible. We have a very fun interview coming up for you guys uh, this week that I think you're going to enjoy it. So um, if you haven't given yet, please do. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the bonus content. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody, who uh, who gave to our Patreon. And thanks to everyone who bought pre-sale tickets for our San Diego show Ooh. that's coming up. We're uh, going to be doing a show uh, during San Diego Comic-Con this nice. year. Uh, and we're going to be doing some Adult Swim stuff, actually, at the Comic-Con. Uh, so go to lastpodcastontheleft.com to get tickets for that. Those are definitely going to sell out. And we've also got a ton of shows coming up uh, this summer that we're hoping to announce here within the next couple weeks. And remember, if you are a Patreon member, uh, then... And you get uh, early access to all yes. of our tickets, and you can make sure to come see us when we come to your town this summer because we're coming to a bunch. Absolutely, yeah. we'll Can't be wait. able to entertain you in front of you. Yeah, and you're gonna like it. Hopefully, I hope so. yeah. And I'll just <laughs> please just don't say anything. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself and your own t- tiny. Just f- keep your frowns in your bag. <laughs> that's that's sounds like something. Uh, this guy. That's uh, uh, I already forgot his name. Nilsen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good Lord. All right, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel, the number one. And follow us on all of the bullshits at LP on the left. That's right. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Hail me. And buy those new Hail Me pins. Oh, yeah. Those are okay. great. Really cool. Those pins are awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got the best. You guys are, the, and all of the work of, uh, uh, that you guys do with the with the arts and the paintings and all the stitch work. You guys are also talented. Thanks, Fair. Dad. <laughs> at, it's at. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now is the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.